Have you ever heard of medical record indexing? I hadn't until I met Andrew Feldman, CEO of Celerity. His company works with major U.S. health systems that have implemented top-of-the-line electronic medical records like Epic and Cerner. He compares medical record indexing to helping organize a complex inbox full of emails, PDFs, images, and other documents. Celerity uses streamlined workflow tools and machine learning to boost accuracy and throughput well beyond what health information management departments can do on their own. Andrew joined the company straight out of college, working his way up in sales and ultimately to CEO. He's built up the company, led it through successful growth equity financings, and is positioning Celerity to thrive in the era of interoperability. Celerity has continued to grow straight through the pandemic and is looking forward to a great 2021. I'm your host, David Williams. Thanks for tuning in, and remember to subscribe to HealthBiz. Hey, Andrew, it's great to have you on the HealthBiz podcast. Welcome. Thank you, David. Andrew, we've known one another, worked uh, together in the, in the past, but you know we've always been focused very much on the current uh, moment and looking to the future. So you know what? What's your background? Uh, what was your kind of your upbringing, your education? How'd you uh, how'd you get things started? Certainly. Well, as you know, David, I currently reside in St. Louis, Missouri, um, but I grew up in a small town um, in rural Illinois, um, you know, about four hours north of St. Louis. Um, you know, childhood was was spent in that town, and then came to St. Louis to attend college at St. Louis University. Um, and it was through my uh, time at St. Louis University and my involvement in the entrepreneurship department there um, that I was actually introduced to EDCO and uh, started with EDCO immediately uh, upon graduating from college and uh, been here for uh, 12, going on 13 years now. You know, Andrew, I was a uh, a guest on another podcast about uh, So You Want to Be a Healthcare Executive, and we're talking about like the career path and, you know, the importance of that first job, et cetera. And it sounds like your first job was probably, you would recommend, yeah, pick the pick a job where you can uh, start off and then become the CEO of the company. Is, is that would be your career advice? Absolutely. I was involved, as I mentioned, in the entrepreneurship program at my university. Um, and when I was graduating, what I was looking for was a uh, a business that I could get involved in, you know, working directly with the, the management team of that business uh, day one. So I wasn't necessarily you know, looking for any special um, industry or, or, or opportunity, but more of a you know, growing entrepreneurial company where I could wear you know, many hats and, uh, uh, and, and find a good fit. And uh, found that uh, here with Celerity. And and what did you do uh, in terms of you know when you you started off? Obviously, they didn't hire. I mean, you were entrepreneurial, but they didn't just hire you in as the CEO. What was what was the path sort of within the company? Absolutely. So I started in the uh, in the sales department, um, really kind of a utility sales player initially. Um, when when I started, the company was a service bureau, uh, mainly focused on uh, scanning medical records and storing medical records. Um, you know, all really pre-EHR um, era. Um, so at, at that time, I joined the company and, and was doing some inside sales. Um, it was identified that there was opportunities to grow the business beyond the, the, the regional um, area that the business was serving throughout the Midwest. So I started calling on clients in the Northeast and started to generate some uh, business in the, in the Northeast. And then, um, as you know, and we'll talk about more, 
you know, the business evolved significantly uh, from there. So I, I held many different roles within the sales um, department, uh, you know, into sales management and then president and then CEO today. Sounds good. So, you know, I've been in healthcare for a long time and I'm always surprised to find these different uh, niches that are out there. But I have to say the first time I saw this, this topic of medical record indexing, I, I have to ask, I asked then and I'll, I'll ask it now for the benefit of listeners. I mean, what is medical record indexing and why does that even exist as a business? Great question, David. So, um, you know, I think to really explain what, what medical record indexing is, I'll, I'll uh, explain it in a context of which you can probably understand outside of you know, electronic health records. So, you know, we all have PCs today. Um, we all receive emails throughout the day. Sometimes we receive um, file attachments in the emails. Sometimes it's a PDF. Sometimes it's a Word document. Sometimes it's family members sending pictures. And as we receive those, those attachments, um, you know, some of us probably just drag it into a folder. Some of us probably organize it really, really well. Um, so, you know, the electronic health record is like our PC, um, where health systems are receiving all kinds of information. Um, and, and when it's in the format that I just described, think of it as unstructured information. And for a provider to find all of that, it all needs to be organized really well. So it needs to be your PC with, you know, my documents with all kinds of different sub um, folders under that. So you can organize things by, you know, day and year and file type and who it came from and everything so that when you want to go find that picture that somebody sent you five years ago, you can go right to it. Um, so same thing in the electronic health record. Um, while a lot of information is generated within the record, there's a lot of outside information um, coming in and a lot of different um, computer systems within the health system that are also spinning out information. At the end of the day, that all needs to be organized within that electronic health record system so that whether it's a, 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 you know, a year from now or 10 years from now, you, your doctor can go into that system and pinpoint exactly the, the file that he or she is looking for. And, and that's what indexing um, provides is is that encyclopedia of all that you know information that's coming in. Well, it's a helpful way to describe it. And uh, now thinking about how I manage my email, which I'm usually pretty much you know kind of on top of it. And I, I know there's other people that have the strategy. Let's say if they travel for a week or if they're on vacation, they come back and they got a thousand emails and they just delete everything. They figure, hey, if it was that important, you know, somebody will contact them again. So is that is that what the hospitals do? Well, we don't advise the hospital to do that. And, uh, I don't think you would want your doctor to do that either. So the, the hospitals end up spending a, a, a lot of uh, manpower on, on trying to get this information organized. It's, it's not typically, you know, the, the physician doing that. It's, it's often more of a back office um, type of responsibility. Um, but it's not uncommon for us to see, you know, health systems with, um, you know, 20, 30, you know, 40, upwards of 100 um, full-time employees just uh, manually working to organize this information. Yeah, that's nuts. So, you know, you mentioned com kind of coming into the into the company and in various uh, sales roles and kind of your own trajectory there. How about if you think of the company overall, you know, st started as a founder-led uh, business and now it's sort of professionally managed and, and financed. What have been some of the key steps along the way in terms of strategy and personnel and, and financing? Absolutely. So the business started um, nearly 60 years ago now as that service bureau. Um, it actually started out of a uh, university course um, in Springfield, Missouri. 
And um, business was born from, from that with two founders um, that started the company. And again, it was that service bureau, microfilming medical records. And that business grew to be a nice regional business, um, you know, over many, many years. Um, but then the, uh, the founders were ready to retire. And a gentleman by the name of Bill Glassman um, had invested in the business and was ready to unretire and uh, took control of the company um, and, and had a tremendous vision for um, the, the future opportunity for the business. Um, you know, he, he, he always had a saying that, that you don't want to, um, you know, make the best buggy whip when the automobile comes around. And uh, if Edco had not evolved and, and changed into celerity today, um, you know, the business that, that Edco started doing um, would no longer be around. Um, so with the advent of electronic health record systems, um, the business was well positioned um, to move into indexing and, and, and point of care workflows and, you know, everything we do today. Um, and it was a transition. Um, and it was the, the transition that really started in around um, 2009 when we acquired a software company um, that had the original idea um, for Celerity and had built the first prototype of, of Celerity and had the first client using it. Um, so it was the vision to put together the software company with the, the strong service bureau um, to become what we are today. Now, interestingly, what I, I spent some time on your site and I see you have a, a number of very prominent health system customers. And these are you know publicly known as uh, organizations that have invested in in electronic health record, in particular Epic, which is the leading player. And th these are millions or tens of millions of dollars. And I understand before with your inbox analogy why you know there may be things coming in and out, but why is it that um, one of these big and sophisticated health systems would sign up for Epic? They wouldn't consider it a failure; they'd consider it a success. And yet they're still bringing in Celerity. What what role do you play in a you know highly advanced health system? Absolutely. So the advent of, of Epic and Cerner and the modern day electronic health record systems um, and all the initiatives around interoperability has really provided um, the opportunity um, that Celerity exists within um, today. So you are correct that they invest you know, tens of millions, sometimes over $100 million in these, uh, these sophisticated um, systems. And you know those systems replaced what was um, paper file folders um, that that was that was holding this information and medical record departments and 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 HIM professionals that would file records and pull records and um, store all of that. Um, so with these EHR systems coming in, which was all prompted by you know meaningful use, by the way, um, we see that there's a real opportunity now for not just our business but others around EHR optimization. Um, so, so by spending and investing in those systems, um, th these healthcare providers are very committed to them, and they obviously want to now get the greatest return on that investment. Um, and having systems like Celerity as well as others that allow the providers to have very productive experiences using these systems, um, be able to be more efficient providing patient care, provide better patient care at reduced costs, you know, all of that goes into the return on investment in that EHR. And obviously, um, the, the role Celerity plays in ensuring that, that all of the unstructured information coming in from any source is, uh, is organized, um, you know, plays a part in that. 
Well, COVID-19, it goes without saying, has had a, a major impact on the economy, on society, on healthcare, on, on hospitals. So it must have affected your business at, at Celerity. How, how does COVID-19 affect the way your customers think about medical record indexing and the way that you serve them with, with Celerity? Our, our first mission when, when the pandemic hit was to focus on our existing customers and ensure that there was absolutely no disruption um, to the service that we're providing. Because in addition to the Celerity indexing software, um, we provide a, a service that goes along with it so that um, these records are all getting fully processed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so we, we, we immediately uh, work to uh, you know, mobilize all of our, our indexing um, workforce uh, in remote settings, uh, ensure that turnaround times were always met and there was no disruption. And, and we were successful at doing that. Um, then what we saw from the market was that uh, health systems were being disrupted in the same way. And those that did not have celerity were now having to try to move employees to remote workforce um, environments. And when they're physically having to handle paper and process paper, and they just weren't really set up um, to do that in all cases. So um, we've seen a tremendous uh, increase in the interest in celerity and the ability for celerity to provide um, a workflow model that will you know, support uh, health systems, you know, through this pandemic and, you know, well into the future and come out better on the other side. So, um, you know, first priority was taking care of our existing clients, um, you know, managing the, the, the ups and downs of the volumes that they saw. But then we, we really see an opportunity to, uh, to expand that to, uh, to new clients that, that could be better prepared for this. So Andrew, you gave a good explanation about medical record indexing and kind of related it to managing somebody's inbox, which which was helpful. And at the same time, you know, I don't think about big kind of service bureau and technology companies that are really managing inboxes that much as a, as, as a big business. Are there solutions like yours in other industries or is it really just kind of a healthcare phenomenon? It exists in all industries. So if you think about the, the inbox analogy, there are inboxes in, in every industry. And there are, um, you know, platform, you know, enterprise systems like like the EHR systems in healthcare, in other industries. And whether you're talking about, you know, finance or the mortgage processing um, industry or, um, you know, accounting, there's information being exchanged, you know, all over the place. You know, it's it's the information age, and you know, while a ton of information can be exchanged pretty seamlessly. You know, we always see cracks in that and we always see gaps in, in how information is received. And again, the, the inbox. Um, so we we have explored other industries today. We focus entirely on healthcare. Um, we, we've got a lot of expertise in healthcare, and that's been our focus for the business you know, for the last 60 years. Um, but as we look to the future, we, we absolutely see opportunities for um, celerity to to play an important role in many industries. That's interesting. Maybe I'm just so focused on healthcare that I I don't look beyond that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of talk about interoperability, and there's a, some actual rules that have come out on it uh, in 2020, issued by the the federal government. Interoperability sounds like the kind of thing that may uh, make information flow more seamlessly, as you described before. 
Does, is indexing still something that's needed in an era of interoperability? Yeah, as we understand interoperability and, and how our clients view interoperability, it's it's access to information and it's seamless access to information and the ability to exchange that information. Um, we, we continue to see a lot of gaps in the ability to exchange that information. So if it's not, you know, back to our inbox, inbox analogy, if it's not accessible and organized, easy to find, um, it's not going to be, you know, exchangeable and it's not going to be something that anybody can go on. So, you know, a lot of what we do with our indexing is ensure that there's consistency in how the information is organized, um, regardless of where that information comes from. So we see that we play a role, um, not the only, you know, player in interoperability, but we, we play an important role in that um, in partnership with our clients and their EHR vendors, whether that's Epic or Cerner or others. So it's, it's, it's going to take a, you know, a lot of um, uh, businesses and healthcare providers all working together to, to really accomplish the goal of, of interoperability. Um, and we feel that we're, you know, doing a significant part of that today. So I'm sure that, you know, indexing will evolve and, and, and maybe it won't be needed so much at some point in the future. You know, what would you expect going forward? You mentioned that business has been around for, you know, more than half a century and, and presumably it'll have an outlook of, of keeping it uh, going and, uh, and, and growing. Um, you know, what's on the horizon in terms of uh, evolution? Yeah, so in addition to the, the indexing that we do today, um, we see that in and around the EHR systems, there is the opportunity to improve um, workflows for providers. Um, and as information is coming from, you know, many different sources, some within, some from outside, um, you know, a result that's coming from an outside, um, you know, lab, you know, it's one thing to get it into the EHR. It's another thing to get the information unlocked from that result. So taking unstructured data and getting it structured in the EHR so the EHR can report on it and then making sure the provider knows that that information is available. And that can happen through um, physician notifications. Um, to make all of that happen seamlessly, um, th there is a need for you know, celerity to continue to ingest the information, understand what that information is. So a lot of our future developments um, continue to be around artificial intelligence um, and machine learning to, you know, take this unstructured information and, and make it much more structured, you know, within the EHR. Now, you know, before I, I was asking about uh, the use of, of indexing outside of healthcare, but I, I should have thought about things that are actually just much closer to home that are other users of medical records. Like I'm thinking, obviously, the provider systems, the health systems use them. But there's others that have access to medical records, like my insurance company or a company in, the, let's say, a pharmaceutical or a biotech company that, that might be doing either a clinical trial or looking at the effectiveness of a, of a medication that's already on, on the market. This is indexing used beyond just the health systems for medical records? David, you're absolutely right. The, 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 the need for seamless access to the information um, applies to you know, the payers as well as the providers that we've been talking about so much um, so far today. Um, you know, today we serve uh, the, the providers, um, but we do see applications on the, on the payer side. Um, you know, by way of getting the information more organized for the providers, 
you know, it's helping the, the, the payers today, but there is the reverse challenge where the, the payers are receiving information um, that, that Slarity could, could process. That's good. And do you see anything in the pharma and biotech side or is it, or is it too early or is that too far afield? It's not an area that we're in today. Um, but again, anywhere that there's, there's, there's medical records and there's, there's a need to um, access the information within those, those medical records, we can make accessing that information more efficient. Um, if, if you've ever, you know, requested a, a, a medical, your medical record, you know, out of um, one of the big EHR systems, be it Epic or Cerner, you'll, you'll be amazed at how much um, information you you get. And, uh, you know, if you if you hit the print button, you know, you probably need to put another ream of paper in the printer yeah. because it's hundreds and hundreds of pages typically. So, you know, when a payer may request a record, um, they're, they're getting overwhelmed with the amount of information they need. And and Celerity can, in a sense, help find that you know needle in a haystack. And, uh, you know, that that one piece of information, you know, could be very, very important to uh, processing the claim and, um, you know, what what gets reimbursed or not reimbursed for that matter. Certainly with COVID, I think there's probably been more care in uh, unusual, you know, environments that are different from the, where the patient typically goes, whether they go to a different physician because it's more convenient for somebody close to their house as opposed to their work, or whether they're going to a testing site and then, you know, their test result might be getting faxed or some, some other way sent to their, to their doctor. I know that's happening and it's certainly happening all over the world. I saw an article uh, just the other day about uh, Spain and how, you know, the hospitals there weren't able to, to communicate um, very well in, in the COVID uh, era, dealing, dealing with COVID patients. Do you have a sense of what it's like outside of the outside of the U.S.? It's really uh, it's not something I know so much about. Yeah, our business today is focused primarily on on the United States and Canada. Um, you know, most of our clients are in the U.S. We have a few clients in Canada. Um, we do see a pretty significant adoption of electronic health uh, record systems. Um, outside of the market that we're in today. Um, you know, I think it's interesting, David, that uh, when you look at specific countries, um, some have um, standardized uh, the way in which they implement their EHR systems and exchange information, um, you know, possibly better than, than we have here. Um, but then there's lots of examples of, of where EHR systems have been uh, implemented in silos and it's, it's, you know, their ability to exchange information is even more challenging, um, than we see here. So, um, you know, we, we do see opportunities, um, you know, abroad and, uh, you know, Solari doesn't care what language the, the documents are in, you know, so the technology can, um, can translate and, uh, and process, uh, whatever we, we throw at it. And, um, you know, our, our, our plan is as, as, as Epic um, expands, uh, you know, beyond the U.S., um, you know, looking at some, some implementations of Celerity, you know, along with that. That sounds good. So does that mean you got to uh, get back on the plane and uh, fly around the world to all the, the fun spots and implement uh, your services? Your uh, I, hope that, I hope that day comes. Yeah. Uh, you know, implementations have gotten very, very efficient. Um, but from a, from a sales and, and client relations standpoint, um, you know, I could speak for our entire team that we're all very anxious to, to be able to safely return to, um, you know, seeing our clients in, in person and, and meeting prospects in, in person and, you know, getting back to some normality in that regard. 
Now, Andrew, we were talking before uh, before the show, and I, I know you're you know a globetrotter is uh, at least going all over the U.S. Uh, is your role in, in in sales and representing the company. And and I used to catch up on a lot of books when you were doing that. So I, I don't know what's happened uh, since you've been grounded by the t- pandemic. Have you had a chance to to read any books? Anything you would recommend for our for our listeners? You know, David, you're right. My uh, my, my time to read used to be uh, between flights and connections. So. Uh, uh, I'm not reading anything at the moment, um, but again, certainly hope to to return to those days. And uh, you know, with with the uh, with the vaccines around the corner, um, you know, we're hoping for some business travel in 2021. No, that's good. Well, you know, Andrew, at that point, you can listen to the uh, the other episodes in the Health Biz Podcast because uh, I ask a lot of uh, CEOs and other interviewees about what what they're reading. There's actually one book that's been repeated twice, which is called The Hard Thing About Hard Things, uh, which is for entrepreneurs um, before they uh, they jump in and see what they're getting to. So you might not need that one, but I'll, I'll look for your recommendation next time around. We'll plan on it. Great. Well, Andrew, it's been a real pleasure uh, to have you on the show. It's very informative talking about a corner of the healthcare industry that most people are you know, not well aware of. I wasn't well aware of and congratulations on your on your progress to date and i wish you all the best thank you very much for having me david you've been listening to the health biz podcast with me david williams president of health business group i conduct in-depth interviews with leaders in healthcare business and policy if you like what you hear go ahead and subscribe on your favorite service while you're at it go ahead and subscribe on your second and third favorite services as well there's more good stuff to come and you won't want to miss an episode If your organization is seeking strategy consulting services in healthcare, check out our website, healthbusinessgroup.com.